Welcome to the Pioneer Today podcast. This is episode number 81, and this is a very special episode. This is where I get to interview my dad and share with you his wisdom from growing up during the Great Depression and then even beyond then because they still lived without electricity, without indoor plumbing, and raising almost everything themselves. So you get to hear what it was like from someone who really lived during that time. And it was so much fun because I got to learn new things too. There was things that I didn't even know that he shared on here. So it was a learning experience for me and I'm really excited that I get to share it with you guys. My dad is Tom Dellinger and he's here with us today. Just a little bit of housekeeping notes. When we mention certain things, so where my dad was raised at, we still call the homestead. And it is the house, and it's still standing, and it doesn't, it still doesn't have electricity. It's wired. You can hook up a generator or a battery, but it's not really wired for electricity. There's no electricity that runs out there. There's still no indoor bathroom or indoor plumbing other than the sink that has the hand pump. And we refer to it as the homestead because that's when my grandparents and him moved out here from North Carolina in the 1940s. Uh, that's where they ended up purchasing the property and living during the childhood years with all of them. And so we still refer to it as the homestead even today. I'm really excited to share today's free download that I created for you guys. And it is my grandmother's actual cornbread recipe from the Great Depression era, the cornbread that she made. And what's really special is this is actually the only recipe that I have from her. She wrote it out in hand for my mother because she wanted to be able to make my dad the cornbread that he remembered from his childhood. So in the freebie downloads, which you can get at mostkinoris.com, just click on the podcast button. This is episode number 81, and you can grab that download. And I also have in there a Great Depression era biscuit recipe. And what's really fun is I shared a photo of my grandmother and the kids when they were little from the 1940s at the actual homestead taken in the front yard. So that's place that we are talking about, you actually get to see a photo of, which was really fun for me. And I hope that you enjoy it and that you go and grab those recipes. Again, you can grab that freebie at melissacanoris.com podcast button, episode number 81. So welcome, Dad. Thank you. One of the first questions that we have, it came in from a reader and listener, Janet, and she said her question is, if you knew that there was another Great Depression coming or worse, where would you choose to live if you could? What area of the United States? Probably right here. Right here, the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Yeah. And what one thing would he or you make sure that you had before it hit if you knew that was coming? What would be some things that you would make sure you had lined up or in place if you knew that was here? Well, I think you should have a cow for milk and butter from the milk and uh, a pig or two. And then uh, that way, and chickens. And you pretty well got everything that, that you would need to eat, besides growing a garden in the summertime. Trisha asked, what what is it like to use the outhouse at the different seasons of the year? Very cold at times. <laughs> and that old Sears and Roebuck catalog, the pages got a lot stiffer in cold weather. Was that what you guys used for toilet paper? Was just old catalogs? Yeah. Is that what you had? Yeah. yeah. Now... So with the outhouse, how often, or did you have to move it? Like, did how deep did was the hole dug that where it was at? Well, they moved it around. Yes, it was probably moved, oh, at least 10, 12 times that I can remember while we lived there. And, and yeah. they would dig down, a, oh, probably 
three, four feet underneath, and then they'd save the dirt. And then when you moved the outhouse, you took that dirt and put over top of the remains that was from the other outhouse. Yeah, so you just covered it up and then moved yeah. it moved it around. Yeah. So, how, like, how often, like, would you move it, like, once a year? Or how many times a year would you have to move well, it? It depend on how many people were using it. And uh, it could be once a year, maybe twice a year. Yeah, so not real, I mean, not real often. No. Not, like, all the time. And you put lime in it to keep the smell down. Yeah. Ever so often. The lime helps. Yeah. Then Patricia has another question. She said, were there any dangers from other people, or did you need to have guns in order to protect your family? Well, you always had a gun, and that was uh, for hunting also. Mm -hmm. And uh, there wasn't as many people coming through the country as there is right now. So, uh, but there were still a few that we considered outlaws. Mm -hmm. You'd want to protect your family, and that was one way to do it. Okay, we've got questions here from Lisa, and she wants to know, what did you guys do back then for fun? Well, we had a battery-powered radio, and uh, in the evening, we got to listen to the Lone Ranger and uh, Gene Autry and different ones for 30 minutes. And the kids were very quiet then because uh, all you had was the voice coming over the radio, and, and you could hear the horses galloping uh, coming through the radio and stuff like that. And then uh, they played cards, such as fish and checkers different things like that. Mm -hmm. What were your parents' big rules? Did Grandma and Grandpa have any really certain hard, fast rules that they stuck by? Well, yeah. We had so many chores we had to do every day, and one of them was uh, we had to get wood in for Mom at the wood cook stove and have kindling for next morning. So when she got up, uh, well, Dad usually got up and built a fire because they had to cook breakfast. And we always had a big breakfast, like biscuits and uh, and uh, eggs and oatmeal and gravy and stuff. So you always had a pretty big breakfast. Oh, yeah. Was yeah. breakfast the biggest meal of the day, or did you have a big supper and uh, a smaller was, dinner? Supper or? was a big dinner. And, then, and we always had lunch because it was always like a pot of beans or stew sitting on the stove, and they kept it just about the boiling point and they kept and a lot of times they would just add to it just keep adding because there was no refrigeration right and they had what they called a cool room and instead of having windows it had screen over the where the window was and it would let the cool air in and that was in the kitchen in the room of the house no it no. was on the outside now some like uh, grace and olin uh, Howard Stafford's uh, grandma and grandpa, they had theirs in the kitchen. And uh, you just opened up a door, uh, like in the cupboard, and it was uh, usually the one on the end or next to the wall. On the ex on an exterior wall? Yes. Okay. And uh, it had a screen in it, and it let the cool air in, and that's where they put the butter and, uh, and the milk, although we did have a... Uh, over the bank, this side of the old homestead house, we had a hole dug, and there was water uh, that stood in that hole, and we set the milk and stuff in that to keep it cool. Okay. And so did you guys, you had your own milk cow that you guys milked? Did, you did that... usually had two or three milk cows, and uh, when one was dry, getting ready to have a calf, the other one uh, you could milk, and then you just uh, chained back and forth. 
So you had so basically you were getting fresh milk every day. So you just oh, would yeah. milk and then use it what you were going to use for the meal times or churn your butter, and then what was ever left would go in the either the cool room or out in the little hole where the right. water was to keep That's it cold. Right. Yeah. Okay. And the same way with pigs, although you you just butchered uh, pigs uh, probably once a year, but then uh, like salt pork. And uh, Morton salt, I think they uh, was the name of it. And uh, you'd rub that salt into the meat, and it cured it. Mm -hmm. And then we had the lockers at Rockport. Uh, Morgan Adair had lockers there. And uh, you rented a, a little cage-like thing in a big room of the locker. And uh, then when you go over to get your mail and stuff, if you needed meat, then you'd pick up or go up and get a package or two out of the locker. So they had obviously electricity and refrigeration in there. So if you needed to oh, store yeah, something yeah, for yeah, big yeah. like your meat, you just kept it at the locker. Yeah. Well, so then how often, because like today, you know. Either that or you canned it. We ate a lot of canned meat. Grandma canned a lot of it. Yes. Now, like right, like today, a lot of people, you know, will just run to the store on your way home from work or whatever. You don't really think a whole lot of going by the store and grabbing something almost every day or every other day or whatever. But how often back then did grandma actually go to the grocery store and go grocery shopping? Well, our basic thing for going to the grocery store was like flour, salt, sugar, and stuff like that. And lard, of course. But when we butchered the pig, then we rendered the lard. And uh, it was good for gravy and different things like that. And, oh, she usually bought, uh, bought it in bulk, mm -hmm. like 50 pounds of flour, 25 to 50 pounds of sugar, and things like that. So, so she didn't go to the grocery store very often, then just when she needed Not to get the, real bulk, often, no. the bulk items. And, uh, and then she baked cornbread, she made biscuits, and occasionally she would make uh, what we call light bread. Other than that, you know, until I started the school, and then they finally got a cafeteria in Rockport uh, School, that uh, it was quite a treat to get a piece of, of uh, fact, or I guess you call it factory-made bread. Right. So when you say light bread, you mean like a yeast bread that rises yeah. is yeah. like a kind of like a sandwich loaf, loaf. It was a loaf of bread. So she didn't bake that very often. Was it because you had to purchase the yeast and yeast was an expense? Well, yeah, it took more time. Yeah. And then, uh, see, there was no additive to keep the shelf life. Right. And it was just as easy to make uh, so many biscuits for, we'll say you had six, eight people that was going to have dinner. Right. And... Uh, that's what it was easier to keep that bread and not, uh, you know, let it spoil. Because you had to be very careful on uh, the food that you threw away. Although what come off the table went to the pigs. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite thing to do as a child? Anything you didn't get caught? <laughs> <laughs> oh, probably going out and having, as my grandson Landon says, having a camp out. Yeah. And we would cook up potatoes and different things. And occasionally we'd catch a fish and roast it over a fire. Mm -hmm. So they didn't have really the hunting and fishing seasons and restrictions now, did they back then? Or oh, just yeah. people just did what they did? Yeah, they did, but they... you didn't have to worry too much about game warden because uh, it was quite a ways to go to the homestead. Right. And uh, as long as you uh, didn't waste 
anything that you killed, people didn't uh, didn't think too much about it. Mm -hmm. They just uh, go ahead and use it if you used it, and that was fine. So with all of the the stuff, like you basically had your own dairy, so that was for your milk and butter and cheese. And so, Grandma, did she just have it? How often did she make the butter? Did she churn every day, or she would just save the cream no, up? No, no, no. Uh, I don't know exactly how long uh, milk, uh, buttermilk would uh, keep, you know. But she used buttermilk for biscuits and different things. And, and uh, when she ran out, then it was time to churn again. And she'd just make it again. Yeah. Yeah. And she used a lot of sour cream uh, buttermilk. And uh, myself, I like the sweet cream much better. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Especially like for cooking with it. And dad was great for, he would take the butter and he would fry potatoes and different things in it. Yeah. Well, I think with the sour cream, that, it naturally sours when you leave it out when you don't have refrigeration, but it also creates like a culture so it keeps it longer, which is probably I why she did. used. Yes, I think it did. So yeah. it kind of was a natural way of yeah. preserving it when you didn't have the fridge. And she would make cottage cheese and different things, but I think. Uh, on the cottage cheese, you had to use uh, sweet cream. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Did she make any of the, like hard cheeses? Did she do like any of the aged Not cheeses? That Just I more remember, the, no. the soft cheeses. Yeah. yeah. Well, they wouldn't have taken as much time or resource to make. And then she would uh, churn a lot of butter and take it over to Rockport to Mrs. Presentine and uh, Milton and Eller Osborne, which they bought the homestead rights from. And. Uh, she would trade that for different things at the store. Mm -hmm. How many chickens did you guys keep? Oh, probably 50, 60 chickens. We always had plenty of eggs and stuff. Yeah. And plenty of chickens to eat. If company come, then chicken got its head chopped off. And that was dinner. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, so, because if she pretty much only bought staples from the grocery store, then basically you're like fruits and vegetables would have been just what you guys grew yourself is pretty much what you had. Is that? Oh, she, it was nothing for mom to have probably in the fall. She would probably can two, 300 yards, quarts, some half gallons. It was a whole different thing. Then. And like fish, she always can a lot of fish because, uh, and, and a lot of canned meat, especially deer meat. Mm -hmm. And it was much better canned, and still is today. You prefer the canned, the canned flavor or texture of the meat? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you can open up a can of, of uh, deer meat, and you got the gravy and the and the meat right there. Already. All you got to do is heat it up and have some biscuits. You got a good, good meal there. Yeah. So, like for fruit and stuff, did she would she just can it or dry it or what kind of fruits? I mean, do you mostly apples? can. We didn't. Uh, well, she canned everything: peaches, uh, pears, uh, uh, apples, and uh, prunes, and just a lot of things. Just anything that you could get here, then she just would can yeah. it because to preserve it to eat yeah. throughout the winter time. Right. Yeah. So then, so fresh vegetable wise, until it was time to have the garden come back on. You didn't really have a lot of fresh vegetables. It all had to be pretty much canned or dried. I mean, you didn't go to the store and just purchase a head of lettuce no, every week no, for a salad no, or something. That was, didn't come in until later years. Yeah. No, it uh, it was a different lifestyle. And you had to plan ahead or you went hungry. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, there was no unemployment. 
And uh, back then, wages, uh, I can remember when dad was getting $8 a day, and then he got it up to $12, and he really thought he was getting rich. And that was a day yeah, per day? Yeah, that was a day's wages, and maybe 10, 12 hours. It wasn't no eight-hour shift. And that was in the woods, logging? That was in the woods, and he did work. Uh, I don't know what he got when he worked in the shingle mill at Marble Mount when we first came out. We lived up there. Mm-hmm, first. And then we moved to Mount Rainier, and he was froze on the job. That's when the war broke out. So he was frozen. So he wouldn't get called drafted into the war as long as he well, stayed at that job. Well, they needed the the piling and stuff for landing ships and or stuff on the shores over there. Right. And uh, he was good. He was a good timber faller. Uh-huh. And so he was frozen on the job there. Then when that ended, then we moved back up here and went to the homestead. I see. Which is on the sock over there. Right. So how many kids did Grandma and Grandpa have at that time when you guys moved out of the homestead? Like how how many? of you were in the homestead house because it only has two bedrooms so well it actually had three possibly four. Oh, back then upstairs yeah see that they was beds up there and mom she kept boarders uh from time to time and then uncle ralph he boarded with us too mom's <laughs> half brother oh and uh yeah it uh she uh, she took and got a few bucks that way mm-hmm. you know? to help i mean uh, maybe 20, 25 bucks a month. Right. And uh, she done the washing and cooking for them. And, uh, so what was like a yearly salary back there then? Back then, I know. I oh, I probably, don't think there was any such Not really such as, as like an average. No. It was just whatever you no. you were able to get. Now, like, so she would, she would sell the egg or take the butter to help for barter for groceries mm-hmm. and stuff and take in borders. But... As a whole back then, the women really didn't work. They were staying, they were at home for the That's most part. Right. They had a full-time job just keeping the house going. Yeah. And canning and taking care of the milk and different things. Although mom didn't milk much. I mean, that was my job and one of my other brothers who was two years younger. Mm-hmm. And uh, dad, he kind of overseen that. The milking? Yeah. Yeah. Then how um, did you guys do your own hay, or what was the feed? Did you raise your own feed for the cattle through the winter, or what did you do well, with that? Well, Dad, uh, he worked around, and uh, we got a lot from Alvin Harris, uh, which is a place I own now. And uh, he, uh, if the hay got a little damp and they had plenty of hay, then they would let other people come in and, and take it because they didn't want it left on the field to mold and rot. Right. And uh, although Dad did, uh, he did cut some hay at the homestead. Did he hand cut it then, like just with a scythe? Yeah, he cut it yeah. with a scythe, yeah. And then you just had a big barn that you put it like up in the loft to store? Well, or? to start with, they stacked it outside like they do back east. They put a pole in the ground and stacked around it. And then uh, it was like a thatch roof. The water run off. Oh, I see. And, uh, but there they was a lot of waste here because uh, of the moisture. Right. And uh, like Eastern Washington, it's dry, and you could get a get away with uh, more without putting it inside the barn. And here, it would it molded yeah, yeah. mildewed more. And then Dad, he later on he built a pretty good sized barn over there, and we put uh, put the hay in the barn. Right. Which was much better. Oh, I bet. Oh yeah. Or, yeah, last you didn't get so much right. Would have lasted a lot longer. Right. Now, did you have all the chickens in a coop, or did they just free range? No, they were no. 
And no, we had a big chicken pen and probably, uh, oh, I, uh, I would say 10 by 20 chicken house. Mm -hmm. And uh, it had nests in there for the chickens to go lay in. Right. And, uh, Did you have a lot of predator problems with them? Get anything getting in the chicken really. pen? Not The not biggest thing was uh, like ox would come and oh, like, okay. try to get the chickens. Yeah. yeah. No. So I got one more question here. This one's from Lisa, and it says, how old were you when you got married? I was 18. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, same here. I followed in your footsteps. Mm. And how old were you when you guys had your first child? I was 18. Were you 18? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 18 or 19, right in there. But before that, when we lived at the homestead, we had to walk to Rockport, which is about a three-mile walk, one way. And that was to school. You had to walk to three go miles to school. to school. Yeah, we had to cross the ferry. And the creek. There's a creek yeah, yeah, that runs. Yeah, it was there. Yeah. We had to wade the creek. And, and uh, Gracie, my uh, next to the youngest sister, she uh, had to walk with us. You didn't ping each other over the head, fighting and fussing on your way? Oh, I'm sure there was some of that. <laughs> I can only imagine my two having to walk to school that far. They'd probably end up getting well, their walloping each that other. That school sure looked good, though, when your pant legs was froze about halfway to your knees, and uh, it was coal-fired over there. And we'd stand over the heat register there and let the warm air come up on your uh, pant legs. Till they were thawed out. Yeah. Yeah. Man. And then in later years, I did run the ferry right up. Uh, off and on till it, they put the bridge in. Mm -hmm. So what was some of your very favorite things that Grandma cooked? Like what was some of your favorite recipes that she'd make back then or foods? Uh, rice pudding. Yeah. Oh, it'd just melt in your mouth, uh, rice pudding. But yeah. Was it like a special treat or did she make it very often? Because you couldn't uh, really grow she, rice here. Well, she bought the rice, of course, at the store. Yeah. Ed Presentine's Mercantile Store, Frank McGovern's. And once in a while, we got down to Van Horn, mm -hmm. which uh, Albert's uh, owned that then. Right. Which built the store that has the red apple now. Yeah. Their grandparents. Yeah. It was that store. So when you needed, like, how many outfits or shoes did you have, like clothes and shoes-wise? I mean, now we've got closets full, but back then. Well, you usually got a new pair when school started. New pair of shoes. And then your other pair that you had, that was work shoes. So you just had two, your nice pair in the yeah. work oh, pair. Yeah. You got your butt tanned if you got out there with them new shoes and got in water and stuff. <laughs> I can imagine Grandma whooping you. <laughs> and we usually had boots in the, in the wintertime, rubber boots uh, on account of the snow. Because mm -hmm. it was not unusual for the snow then to be over the fence posts. Yeah, it's definitely changed. Yes, it did. Wise. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one day, I think it'll be back here. Yeah, cyclic. Yeah. yeah. The cycle. Yeah. Well, then, so did, well, obviously, ordered the shoes or went to the store and bought them. Did, was it mail Sears order? Sears Roebuck. The catalog. And uh, Ed Presentine usually had shoes. And Frank McGovern had some, too. Uh -huh. Then what about, like, your clothes? Did Grandma sew them all? Or did you order them or go to she the store? She made a lot of them. Did she? Yeah. Especially shirts. Pants, we usually bought. Yeah. And were those an item that you ordered out of the catalog, too, or was there a story you could go? A lot of times, yes. And That's then cool. if we got down to the 
the little uh, store in uh, concrete there that Mildred uh, had. The uh, department store. Yeah. Then you purchase them there. Yeah. Yeah. But that was quite a treat to get to go to concrete. That was a big store for us. Yeah. Because they had this cement plant and all of that, you know, going. And it was, they had the trains and they was two passenger trains a day come into Rockport. Mm -hmm. Plus the log trains going out. Yeah, that's big. Did the train still run through here when you were little? I had a girlfriend that lived at uh, Diablo, Linda, and she'd come down on the train. When did the cr train stop running through here? When did it stop? Yeah. Oh, let's see. That probably was in about late 50s. When, like, what was a typical thing or, you know, kind of average things that grandma would cook? Like, I know you said for breakfast you'd do, like, biscuits and gravy and eggs. But what were some of the typical lunch items that you'd have if she didn't do the sandwich bread? What would you have for lunch then? Oh, we'd have, uh, like, uh, biscuits and uh, they was beans. Uh, like I say, always on the pot, boiling and and maybe we call it son of a gun stew and things like that, you know. And occasionally dad would, uh, he would, uh, he was quite a fly fisherman mm -hmm. and he'd have trout and, you know, whatever was handy is what we cooked up. So when you have a pot of beans, do you mean like green beans or the shelly no, beans? No, it, uh, Like not, dried beans. Well, we could have green Both. beans if we wanted to open a jar of them. Right. Mom always canned a lot of yeah. Of green beans and uh, and she uh, the shelly beans she uh, was pretty good at that. Mm -hmm. That's the October. Yeah. Yeah. So pretty much you just ate for for your lunch wasn't really a different meal. I mean it was pretty much kind of the same food you'd cook for dinner or supper what you called it back then. But supper was you might more say food. leftovers. Yeah. Lunch was more your leftovers yeah. from the day before. Yeah. And biscuits like from breakfast, uh, you know, they were still good at noon. So she just said kind of make like a double batch of the biscuits or cornbread or whatever from breakfast to carry over into lunch? Well, we didn't have uh, cornbread for breakfast. That was always for the supper, supper time. or dinner. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so you pretty much always had a bread item, be it cornbread or biscuit or something like that, yeah, yeah. with dinner and or and, with breakfast. Uh, I remember she never used a bowl to mix up the flour in for the biscuits oh really she would just take and hollow out a little uh a spot inside the 50 pound sack of flour and she would pour the milk and stuff right the buttermilk right in that and mix it up and then uh, she made the batter right there right in then, the bag of flour yeah oh and then she'd take it out and put it on and we, she called what she calls spoon bread Mm -hmm. And she would uh, put that on the, a pan that was sitting on top of the stove. And it, of course, biscuits, you know, they went in the oven and was baked. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Same way with pie crust. She would just pour the whatever she was mixing up there to make the pie crust. Mm -hmm. She would pour it right in on top of the, the flour. She'd roll the flour, the, uh, the cloth of the flour that, was in the sack she'd roll that back and just kind of roll it and it was uh it was like a little bowl itself right and she just yeah. cooked right in there and they didn't have another bowl to wash or it was just all done right right in the big bag yeah yeah oh that's cool i didn't know that you hadn't told yeah. me that story before oh yeah 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 she i could see her and she'd mix it up she'd wash her hands real good and she'd get in there and she'd mix it all up and then the, the flour would uh uh if she mixed it up 
and then when she felt uh, felt that she had enough uh, milk or dough, mm -hmm. I guess you'd call it dough, yeah, mixed up. Well, the rest of the flour was there. And she just would bake it up. Yeah, huh. and she'd just pick it up, and and uh, probably we had a oh uh, a, a cupboard. She always called it a cupboard, and it had a sifter in it, and you could put the flour in the sifter mm -hmm. because a lot of the flour then uh, it wasn't refined in like it is today. Right. And it had different, maybe a little kernels and stuff in it. And oh. you turn that sifter, and it would sift out the nice, fine stuff. Right. And then you would take that sifter out and dump it out. I see. Give it the chickens. Give the, oh, okay. Well, I know Grandma was quite particular about her cornmeal. She only used white cornmeal for That's the food right. she baked yeah. with. She or said the yellow cornmeal was for cows. Yeah. I, I, remember, I remember her saying that. I still remember <laughs> that one. <laughs> yeah, she... Uh, she had her way of thinking. Yeah. You wasn't going to change it. So. Well, that's where I get it. And no. I do. And I do like. Uh, I guess I would have to say I like uh, white cornmeal better. Do you think it is a texture or taste difference? Can you taste? Oh, it's it? different. It's different flavor. Yeah. 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 Now, did she cook grits much, or she was more oatmeal? Uh no. No, uh, not very many grits. I, mm -mm. Uh, no. I, never, I never really cared for it. I liked the oatmeal. Yeah. And, of course, she'd always cook oatmeal, and she always seemed to have uh, a bin or a bucket of raisins around. To put in the oatmeal. Yeah, and she'd uh, reach in there and put a handful in the, in the thing. So she pretty much cooked every meal. Oh, and most, did. yeah, and then most of the food she was also preserving and that she was cooking with, she had put up ourselves oh all right yeah. yeah absolutely yeah was there ever a time like where the you know the harvest really failed or that you guys felt that you were really kind of low on food or did you always have enough to eat oh we always had plenty to eat yeah such as it was right yeah because we always had meat and dad was he always had three or four hives of bees for the honey oh did was he a beekeeper oh yeah oh yeah. i didn't realize that yeah and uh there's nothing better than uh, honey on a hot biscuit or a piece of cornbread. Oh, yeah. 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 So that was really a treat, and uh, we had a lot of that. So, no, we didn't go hungry. No. Sometimes our clothes was a little bit... Threadbare. Yeah. <laughs> or getting a little small <laughs> as you grew, <laughs> but never a problem with food. Yeah. 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 Well, that, you, you know, like you look at kids and people today now, you know, it, an average society as a whole, I say, of course, there's always, you know, special cases and whatnot. But do you think that the way of life back then, I mean, it was harder, but in a way, do you think that some things were better about it? Well, I do. I think it was. And it, uh, you didn't have a kid sitting around with these, uh, uh, what do you call them? Uh, the cell phones? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cellular phones and different things. Yeah. And uh, the kids had something to do. Right. They kept their mind. You didn't have kids getting in trouble like you do today, and there was no drugs. Uh, well, I guess you could say there was no drugs, but there was uh, alcohol mm -hmm. and cigarettes. Yeah. And, uh, do you feel that families were closer as a whole because you were working together or not necessarily? Oh, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. No, it was a good life. It was, a, you might say, a hard life, but it was a good life. Because mm -hmm. yeah. if you had heat... You got your firewood up in the summertime. 
stacked it in the wood shed. So and now we're spoiled. We got automatic wood choppers and chainsaws, but back then it was all done by hand, which is a hand cut saw and an axe. Yes, it, to start with, yes, and then later on, Dad got chainsaws. Yeah. And uh, it was a lot easier with the chainsaw, and uh, a lot of guys and would put it off and get in the wood in the summertime because they felt they could go out there with a chainsaw, you know, and, and back then there was a lot of old growth just laying around because when they logged, they only took the best part of it. And uh, you could go out there and, oh, a couple, three hours, have quite a pile of wood. Mm -hmm. And uh, which it really wasn't good on the women because uh, if they'd have cut that wood in the summertime when the heat was up, it had been all good dry wood. Right. And uh, there's quite a story on the on the pitch, but I won't tell that one. Oh, you're going to give us a teaser and not tell us it. It, it must not be a story fit for <laughs> fit for ears. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, the the wet the green wood it probably was harder to cook on. It would smoke and not get up to heat as well. Well, uh, inside the after you got inside the uh, away from the sapwood, mm -hmm. the old growth was dry. It was dry no matter yeah. what. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, like when you cut it and you're out there in the rain and it's raining on it and then wood is like a sponge. It's tendency to soak up so much moisture. Right. And, uh. So then in the summertime, even when it was hot out, you still had to cook a fire to cook on because that was the only thing you could. Oh, absolutely. So we canned outside. You canned outside, mm -hmm. keep the heat. Yeah. Yeah. It was just too hot inside. Right. And mom, she would, uh, what she called cold packing, she'd put uh, uh, a big tub over a fire. We had a, a framework. It had three legs, and it stood up about so high, and you could build a fire under it. And then she would save all of her can lids from uh, the winter before, and she'd put them can lids in the bottom of the, of the tub, Mm -hmm. And she would set the jars that she was canning down on that. And then she would take towels and wrap it around. So when it got to boiling, they wouldn't rock together and break. Right. So she just made her own canning rack. Now we just yeah. buy the canning racks to go inside. But so mm -hmm. she used little can lids and then the towels to, to keep them from. And uh, then when Dad finally he uh, found a, a little motorized uh, washing machine. Boy, we really went uptown with that. It had the ringer on it. Yeah. And had a little motor underneath. And uh, that was a big improvement from using a scrub board. I bet. Yeah. So, because when you had to do laundry, like, obviously, with just a tub and water and soap and the mm -hmm. scrub board, how often did you just kind of have a wash day once a week or... Whenever there was a pile of clothes there and you had a clothes, you had to <laughs> you wash just them. had to wash them, huh? <laughs> Oh, man, I bet in the wintertime, I guess you'd have to wash inside to get the water warm because your hands would just freeze out. Oh, there was uh, lines hung upstairs because, see, there was two chimneys went up, and uh, they're still there, and some of the lines probably are still up there, mm -hmm. and Mom would hang them up there. Today. And then she would hang, uh, there was wires stretched across in the living room around the stove, uh -huh. and she would hang, uh, oh, like if we needed a pair of socks, and she would hang socks on it. And a pair of pants or whatever. Just to get. And it would dry quick. To yeah. dry there. Yeah, with the heat from the. And of course, the little old ringer washing machine, it would uh, it would squeeze a lot of water out. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, and I, I don't know whatever happened to that little machine. 
Isn't that funny? And now we just open a lid and press a button and throw it in, and yeah, you there it. she goes. Yeah. <laughs> I still do. I like lying dry, like in the summertime, even on a day like today where it's oh, sunny yeah. out. I, I prefer lying dried myself. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Pioneering Today podcast. I hope you enjoyed this special interview as much as I did, and I look forward to reading your comments and your questions. Thanks for listening.